Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to Locked On Sox. I mean, like, seriously. I'm Herb Lawrence. And with me is Chris Tannehill. Just a dumbass loss we had, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Seriously. Seriously, Seriously, Herb Lawrence. That's the name of Herb's new late-night talk show, by the way. It's Seriously Herb Lawrence. (laughs) Weeknights on the WB. All right, so... White Sox losers tonight, and this was this one was uh, this was garbage. This was a trash loss tonight. This was a 2019 White Sox game out there, uh, out in these streets this evening. Where, where do we want to start tonight? I mean, you had opportunities. There was more than enough opportunities to win this ball game tonight, but the White Sox uh, elected to switch it up a little bit and find the opportunities to lose the game instead. So let's start with the base running. It was horrendous tonight. Before we get to uh, before we get to the uh, first round pick, the other first round pick, Tim Anderson, real quick. He gets picked off in the third inning when they're trying to get a little something going against Musgrove, who is really good tonight. But he gets picked mm-hmm. off. Nick Madrigal, okay, he gets himself hurt after he's playing in the big leagues for about five minutes up in Milwaukee, and he's on the shelf for a couple of weeks. Gets yeah, himself and hurt. He got hurt with with a ball hit right to center field. He was on first base. He tried to stretch it into to go to third. It was a bad, ill-advised play. The ball's right, plays right in front of you, and he goes to third. He's out, and then he hurts himself. What an idiot! Then. So okay, you know we don't know much about Nick Madrigal. Maybe that's just a fluke, and he's you know pressing, trying too hard to impress his teammates. You know, trying to fit in, whatever. So what does he do tonight? He runs into two outs on the base pass. In the fifth inning, Madrigal gets himself a nice one-out double. Tim Anderson follows with a single. They're starting to get something going against Neverowskis after Musgrove is pulled. So after that Anderson single, Madrigal's thrown out trying to score after Anderson's single. What are you doing? You have to know the situation. Yeah, like, he's firstly multiple things. He's at second base. I don't know if his secondary was good. Tim hits a pretty good shot up to center field. The center fielder fields that ball Mids in the field. He's not deep. He's and he's got a decent arm. He's not like you know where he's got to travel to one side or the other. It's pretty much inside of his glove. He just has to run straight and then get ready for the throw. So the throw wasn't excellent, but that's how badly bad the going home was. He ran through Nick Capra's stop sign, and he was out. I don't, you know, really get his finger in. It doesn't matter. They called him out, and then they reviewed it and said he was still out. So, obviously, he was out. Not safe. And that's dumb. He has to know. Timmy's the first batter. It's one out. So, if Timmy just got a hit, I'm on third base. Baby, we got Yomakata coming up. We got Grandal coming up. He hit home run of it, uh, later on to erase the bad mistake by Madrigal. Not really erase it, but make it a little bit easier. We got Jose Abreu coming up. He's got a 20-game hitting streak. He's got to think about these things. Situational. That's why Nick Capra held him up. He's like, okay, I could send you, but it's too risky because all the goodness we have coming up. The hitters that are out here leading the American League in home runs are coming up. How about you not make an out 
at home plate while we can have somebody that's going to come up next and get you in. So it was just dumb initially. I just uh, I sent a, a tweet out and people are like, well, he's just being aggressive and he was safe. It's like, no, situation, time and situation, you have to know these things. And that's not a young player thing. That's a fundamental in the minors. He played three years of college baseball, should have known this stuff. It's it's inexcusable. Yeah, being aggressive, not when you're running through your third base coach's stop sign. That's not that's not a strategic aggression right there. That's you know, I, I get it if it's one thing if everyone's on the same page and you got a guy with a rag arm out there in the outfield and everyone's knowing, okay, we're gonna be aggressive because this outfielder can't throw. No, this was deliberate disobedience of his third base coach and then even worse i don't know how you can d- defend this by the way both magical doubles tonight coming after nomar mazara leading off the inning striking out so thank you very much nomar for playing tonight uh nick magical with a ground rule double in the ninth inning what does he do he gets thrown out with the uh, at third base after tim anderson grounds out on the fielder's choice he gets thrown out with the you know hit the shortstop what are you doing in the ninth inning and uh, i mean just it's the more things change in this game herbie the more they stay the same and i always look back and i, and I think of earl weaver team speed for christ's sake you get fucking goddamn little fleas on the fucking bases getting picked off trying to steal getting thrown out taking runs away from you, you get them big cocksuckers that can hit the fucking ball out of the ballpark and you can't make any goddamn mistake and the white Sox have those guys that hit the ball out of the ballpark that play in the ninth inning getting thrown out at third base inexcusable yes it's fundamental little league stuff ball you're on second base ball hits your right go back to second ball hits your left advance to third with less than two outs. What are we doing? Like, like literally, what are we doing? There's no excuse for that. There's like the first time when I said I wrote that thing on Twitter, people are trying to make excuses for aggressiveness and trying to alibi for the kid, but there, no excuses at all. Game is tied. I don't like, there's no reason for that. Even if he's safe at third, people are like, oh, yeah, aggressiveness. No, that's the wrong play 100% of the time. That is the wrong play. I don't know what Ricky's going to do. So he needs to sit him out to show him that we're not going to be doing this. Yeah, you're the first pick or the first round pet draft pick, but you can't be costing us runs on the base pass. You can't be going past the damn third base coach when he tells you to stop. You're a rookie. Sit your punk ass down <laughs> until you learn how to respect authority and also know the game too. getting thrown out at third with less. Firstly, getting thrown on third with a ball hit to your right. That's dumb. That's just really, really dumb. It's baseball dumb. Like, everybody knows that. And if I know that, he should know that 100%. He's played baseball the whole damn life. There's no excuses for this kid. And if we're playing teams like the Cincinnati Reds, they're going to make it hurt a little bit more than the Pittsburgh Pirates. And we got games versus them. We got games versus the good Tigers coming up. We got to seize on these Pirate games. We got to seize on... The well, we just played the Kansas City Royals, and we seized on all most of those games. Nine out of ten wins. To lose one game to the Pirates is inexcusable to me. This team is not good. There were so many opportunities for the White Sox to do their thing tonight, and people are going to be hollering, "Oh, it's only one loss, one loss." It just, I think, it sets a precedent. Like you, you get comfortable with that type of playing. You get comfortable how they played in Minnesota with that lazy higher defense they had in Minnesota. Today was just a lethargic. Dylan Cease, and we'll get to him later, wasn't good again. He was fine, but 
he was rolling through the lineup and then he let a uh, extra base hit just derail his whole start. So it's just things like this that won't get this team to the next level, make them the team that they have played up to be most of the time. And some of these games, they just fall back to 2019 tactics like you were just saying earlier in the show. Yeah, and, you know, we don't want to make too much about this. At least I don't because I like to judge the, the Sox this year on their track record. And, and these games have they've been happening a little bit more frequently lately, but you can't expect them to, like, you know, play 900 ball the rest of the year. But it's just insanely frustrating. And, you know, you may want to point to, like, oh, the, the Sox are a 99% chance to make the postseason. That's, that's cool. And in the big picture, this game probably doesn't mean much. But when you're talking about a thin margin for error that this team has right now, with no Aaron Bummer and lackluster starting pitching, you can't afford to give away ball games like this to, to terrible teams. Um, you know, and I am from the school of, you know, you're not running a school here. This is Major League Baseball. This is not the Charlotte Knights. We can't afford to be teaching these guys at the Major League level when you're in a playoff push. This team hasn't been in the playoffs in 12 years. You don't have time to be teaching guys about basic fundamental baseball and how not to get thrown out in the ninth inning of a tie ball game at third base okay and i'm from the school like nothing no one ever regretted trying to win each and every game so you're seeing a lot of this stuff happen lately oh maybe the Sox don't want the number one seed because then they would play the twins and this that and the third no man you win as many times as you can nothing bad will ever happen by winning the maximum amount of number of times that you're allowed to win okay so this game matters to me tonight it's I, i'm willing to just you know you know, you play another one tomorrow and you forget about it and you, you chalk it up as being uncharacteristic of the team in 2020 so far. But all these games matter, especially attention to detail in the playoffs, man. It matters. Like, these, these guys haven't haven't played for a winner before. And this type of stuff, it matters. And, and I hope Ricky does channel his inner Eric Cartman, as you alluded to earlier, and, uh, and ask Nick Madrigal to respect his authority. Um, and, and we'll see what happens with that. Because, you know, it just it just seems like clueless baseball. There's a, there's a fine line between playing aggressive and playing balls to the wall and just being clueless out there and not knowing the situation. And I think... Nick Madrigal uh, violated the latter part of that this evening. Um, and I don't want all to be on Nick Madrigal because the last absolutely play of the game. Not. Oh, God. Not not even just, just, just Yasmani himself tonight. Yeah. yeah that last um, play. Like, something's wrong with his glove. <laughs> Does it he have one? <laughs> yeah. It, like, he doesn't catch balls that are supposed to be caught multiple times. I don't know. Is if it his that's hands? Is it vision? Is it the soft hands? Laziness? Like the the you know he was he had, he he stole a couple strikes away for Dylan Cease tonight. Is it the soft hands? Like the, the the framing and setting up of a pitcher that causes you to kind of just like cradle it as opposed to just snatching it or grip gripping the ball tight. Just kind of like the whole thing that comes along with him being a framer. Is it just everything is just not playing too tight and just sort of like softly grabbing a baseball? Is that part of it, you think? I don't know. I'm trying to... Maybe, but that ball, yeah, wasn't 100% perfect from Jimmy Cordero, but it was there. It was in the air. Catch it. Squeeze the ball. Go and fight another another day. You have one out there. Bases are still loaded, but now you can set up the double play and get out the inning. Jimmy Cordero did a great job inducing that ground ball. It should have been an out. There's no excuse for Yasmani Grandal dropping that ball. Appreciate the home run. Excellent. 
excellent at bat. I love. Yeah, there's the nothing sweeter. The- nothing sweeter when he gets a hold of one, man. From oh, that yeah. left, from that left-handed batter's box, I thought that ball was going in the in the uh, Allegheny tonight. Not quite, only about halfway up. But there's nothing sweeter when he makes nice contact. So you know, I don't want to get on him too hard tonight. But that, there was that play at the end of the game. There was the dropped. Uh, pop out in foul territory in the dugout. Yes. And I know it's like getting kicked in the nuts when you're going up against that railing and trying to catch a baseball, but it's a play that he's made before. It's a play he'll probably tell you he should have made, and it didn't cost them a run ultimately, but it's just kind of symptomatic of the whole night altogether. And then, you know, Jimmy Cordero with the wild pitch in the ninth inning, you know, they miss Aaron Bummer, obviously, and we talk about this night in and night out that this team's biggest weakness right now is the bullpen because they're taxed because. You have guys like Dylan Cease going out there and not being able to get into the sixth inning. Herb, what'd you make of Dylan Cease's outing tonight? It's the same as it ever was. He looks the part for a certain amount, but this is what we were talking about coming into the season, that he falls apart and allows one thing lead to another and then another. That one inning was the fifth inning where he's struggling. I mean, he's cruising through, then gets an extra base hit, then another extra base hit, then two runs are scoring. And then some reason, Ricky's like, oh, I saw that inning. I saw he struggled. Let me bring him out for the sixth inning and see what he does. Rock it again. Like, like are you watching the same game we are? I know you want to give him some type of confidence and you want to save the bullpen there, but you know the kid's done. He's not doing it in that fifth inning. He barely survived that fifth inning. Can we have some awareness? And the numbers look good always for Cease. The wins are good. The ERA's at three thirty three. It looks nice. But go but, look at his baseball. Uh, go look at baseball savant and see how many hard hit balls he gave up tonight. Oh yeah, it's like and 10. he's only he's not he's not fooling anybody. He's got ninety eight, but everybody's getting loose on them. He's only got two strikeouts tonight, two. But it's good to see no walks. Um, from the Pirates, but that's the Pirates out there where people are talking about, oh, Lucas Giolito threw a no-hitter versus the Pirates, but that's the Pirates. They're terrible. Come come hard right now. This is the Pirates, too. And the man only got two strikeouts when Lucas Giolito got 13 and survived only five innings. He only gave up two and both earned, but this is your third starter, and it's sad that the White Sox must depend on him when guys like Rodon and Lopez have failed and or gotten injured. But this is this is where we're at. Cease is the third guy or Dane Dunning. One of these guys has to step up to the plate and make a big impression to have the White Sox be a viable team in the playoffs. Again, people, it is a best of three in that first round. We got Keiko, we got Giolito, and then who else? There's only three games. We got to pitch somebody else unless we win those first two. So I want Cease to step up. He needs to step up. This is not acceptable to put your bullpen in there for four more innings. Not good enough. I can't have it. Bullpen did an acceptable job. I mean, Marshall, I think he just overworked right now. He's just getting shelled every yeah, time he, he goes doesn't out have, there. He doesn't have good stuff to go out there and just, just roll him out there night after night and have him get by on stuff. You know what I mean? He's not – He's not a role this Chapman that can get by on his B stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's a thin margin for error for Evan Marshall. But on the positive side, Cody Hoyer tonight, I was watching the Pirates broadcast. They said he was like, you know, the uh, the White Sox version, the right-handed version of Josh Hader, except without all the racism. Yeah. Uh, Cody Hoyer, <laughs> he's been great. Matt Foster, another great outing tonight. But what happens is when you have a guy like Dylan Sees out there who's cruising, 
uh, at least relatively speaking. He, he's not giving up runs. Um, he's getting hit hard a little bit, but he's attacking the strike zone, which which I, I, I like tonight, that he's attacking the zone and he wasn't dicking around with the secondary stuff, you know, trying to, trying to paint the corners and dot the edges. But he, after getting rattled a little bit, all of a sudden, you know, these mistakes start to compound, and all of a sudden he, he can't get himself out of it. And I don't know if it's just symptomatic of, of the Pirates seeing him a little better, and it's not necessarily a case of, oh, you know, he can't battle his way through mentally through a tough spot. could be a combination of both. I don't know. But when you have starting pitching that's lackluster like this after Giolito and Keuchel, this is what happens to your bullpen. And you start to, you know, maybe think maybe Rickon should have grabbed someone. You know, we, we kind of gave him a pass about it but we didn't you know we certainly didn't neglect the fact that they needed help in the bullpen and maybe things will change in the next week or so maybe they'll get some guys back and you know they, they sent Zach Birdie down to Schaumburg today which is you know kind of baffles me you know you need guys with swing and miss stuff and I know Zach Birdie has struggled of late but you know they don't have many many solid options there right now and I think that's ultimately what's going to hold this team back in the postseason is this bullpen but it's not because of the bullpen and not because of a lack of trying or or lack of ability, it's just because of over usage because of the starting rotation. Before we wrap up tonight, this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by rockauto.com. You know, friends, summer is now officially, sadly, in the rearview mirror. But you know what that means? It's never too early to make sure your automobile is running correctly for the winter. That's right. Between baseball every night and football on Sundays, winter will be here before you know it. And to make sure that your car is running tip-top, you're going to want to make sure you get all the parts you need at rockauto.com. You know, one reason to repair and maintain your vehicle is to save money. And you can use that money for more important things in your life like mortgage or food or playoff swag. But why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? I bet you guys didn't know this, but a little trick they have in those chain stores, they charge different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer and best of all rockauto.com's prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts come on just go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck and do us this favor won't you right locked on in there how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right herb yeah so we, we i think we touched on everything that needs to get touched on tonight not a great night for the offense although musgrove was decent early but still plenty of opportunities on the table after he exits the ball game just a bad night all around there, there was not one guy out there tonight who i would say hey had a nice game like more more of that please you know what i mean like looking at the box score right now uh, for the White Sox. Two hits from T.A., two hits from Moncada, who did not look good late in the game. Uh, I think it was the eighth or ninth inning where he struck out. But, but I like that, that Rocket single, yeah, the Rocket RBI single with uh, Timmy with the good read and his two outs. So yes. he's 
he's running on contact and he's getting home, that's when you want to be aggressive. That's when you want to do the thing that Tim did. Not that magical with one out, you dummy. <laughs> hey, man, I think that's all we got tonight, man. Unless you have anything else you want to get into other than let's go back. Just and- a lot of strikeouts tonight. The Pirates, I don't think they were doing anything special, but White Sox struck out 13 times tonight. It's <sighs> Put the bat on the ball, and especially in some opportunities where just contact was needed. You were talking about the beginning of the game or the beginning of innings where Norm Mazar, just give me some contact. He didn't even swing at that ball, the 93-mile-per-hour fastball in the inside corner to strike him out. He didn't even swing at that. It's two outs. I mean, it's two strikes. Swing the bat. Get some contact. What do you think you're going to do there? I just, uh, like, what do you, like, what's the thinking there? Are you not guessing fastball on two strikes? Are you not thinking protect? I don't know. You're not thinking home run because you haven't hit one, jerk. So <laughs> let's just get contact on the ball. Maybe this horrible team can play some horrible defense and you can get on first base or you can find a hole somewhere. But instead, we're just going to look at fastballs going right past us um, to start the inning off. Absolutely. That's all I got. I'm pissed on that. Yeah, this this one's going to be tough to swallow, but that's why they play another one tomorrow. Currently, as, the, as it sits right now, the White Sox still in a tie for first place with the Indians, and you just can't have another one of these the rest of the way here. they got to tighten it up. they got to make sure these things are not repeated, these mistakes on the base pass, giving away outs, and sloppy defensive play. This team, if they're not going to mash, if they're not going to win 10-9, you know, they have a very thin margin of error going forward here. So you'd like to see them clean it up tomorrow against the Pirates. And uh, I believe it is a day night in America once again tomorrow, Herbie. Tis day night in America tomorrow night. I like this matchup tomorrow uh, for the White Sox. Dane Dunning is swing and miss stuff against this lineup, this Pirates lineup that's that's not crushing the ball right now. I, I think the Sox do eke out a victory, and, and unfortunately, they'll they'll salvage a split. I'm a big-time fan of the Dane Dunning versus JT Brubaker matchup, 396 era, 1-0 on the year for JT Brubaker. Uh, right-handed pitcher, so we, at least we don't, you know, it sucks. I thought he was a lefty. I thought we were going to get loosed on him. But a uh, youngster who throws hard, I'm looking forward to the White Sox taking this loss personally and going out and punishing the Pittsburgh Pirates tomorrow night because that was inexcusable, and there's got to be some tables flipped over tonight. I know that you're not supposed to be doing that, and that doesn't really matter, but Dallas was probably pissed at that effort. Somebody's got to have some Well, Yasmani's got to step up after the game and be like, you know what? Not acceptable, and I'm the first guy out there that, that that's the least acceptable out of all of them with those mistakes yeah. he made tonight. Even though he hit a home run, but still, that, that mistake at the end of the game, they can still get out of that after one out, bases loaded. Like yeah. That's a easy, you know, not easy situation, but it's a reasonable situation with that offense that you could expect them to get out of it. One ground ball and you're out of it. You already got one, but uh, you know, I, I think Yasmani needs to, to step up and, and either say it publicly or to the team, like, hey, that, that's not, that shouldn't happen. That can't happen going forward, so... Yeah, one of those vets have to pull the kid aside and just say, you know what you did wrong. And if he doesn't, you explain to him. And I would expect wholeheartedly, I would be very, very disappointed in Ricky if Nick Magical's playing tomorrow. Very disappointed if he's not sitting down and learning his lesson from that. The fact that he didn't pull him out the first time, fine. But there's got to be some type of recompense for that. He has to 
understand that he cost his team two runs there. Not the game because these are single these are single moments through the game, and the White Sox did other things throughout the game to ensure that they had a bigger lead. But to cost your team two base runners is one of the worst things in the world. And like you like you saying before, and like other people have said, aggressiveness. I don't mind aggressiveness. Getting caught on the bases because you're just being aggressive, fine. But these are two stupid moves. Just dumb rookie moves. Not even rookie moves. They're little league moves. Well, the problem so you can't do it. The problem with Madrigal and, and the whole argument of about being aggressive, where has it shown out so far in his young career that sometimes he'll make the right move uh, out of a, you know of showing aggression? You know what I mean? So yeah. far, yeah, he, don't have a track record. Yeah. Exactly. He's only making the incorrect move. So until he makes the correct move, he will get no leeway from me, and definitely not from you in terms of these base running mistakes. But well, hopefully they'll go back. And, uh, and get them tomorrow as well they should and you know just you know after this one's done just no one thinks about it no one talks about it uh, unless you're addressing the the mistakes that happened and you just move forward so it is what it is Herbie all right for Chris Tannehill you can follow him at Chris Tannehill me Herb Lawrence at actor wall 23 if you want to email us for our mailbag Monday show Vent about this loss if you want to. We'll read about it next Monday. You'll probably laugh at it like, ha, 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 the White Sox won every game since then. Ha, ha, ha. But seriously, LockedOnSox at gmail.com. LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Well, again, so, like in terms of that, like just real quick before we're out of here, we're holding them to their own standard. We're not holding them to an impossible standard. We're not asking them to play 900 ball. But remember, folks, the expectations have shifted this year in 2020 don't hold them to 2019 2018 27 standards anymore when you see stuff like that out there tonight you have to call them out on it and you have to you know expect a higher level of play because that's not how postseason baseball is played a lot of you guys are old enough to remember postseason baseball i know it's not many of you but i'm old enough to remember of it and that is not what it looks like out there so that's why we get upset at these things because if they plan have they have, if they have any reservations beyond playing you know the first series of a postseason you know and they need to correct these mistakes they made out there tonight. So that that's all we're saying. And, you know, we get fired up because we know this team is better than that. You know, we, we watched this team for three years not be better than that. And that's sort of what we expected them to do. And we don't get mad about it. But we get mad now because they are, they're a better team than that. So, yeah, you just, you know, yeah, it's just frustrating. I think tonight. we said it after the Twins losses. Like, we can accept that the Twins are just better and you lose the game by playing your best game. But this is not their best game. We, we know they threw out their uh, subpar effort. I mean, probably it was 100% effort, but the, the thought process on some of these guys with, we saw it, Mazzara, we saw it with Grandal, we saw it with the kid, Nicky Madrigal. This is not acceptable. This is not what they do. And you said it. We're going to hold them to those standards. And we would have came on here maybe a little bit happier, but also bitching if they would have found a way to win that game. We have been like, what the fuck is going on? You can't have the mistakes, especially versus a shite team like the Pittsburgh Pirates, and expect to win. And even if they would have came out with the win, we would have been like, these things need to be corrected. Because we're, at the end of the day, we're about process over results. And if they lose to a team that's just better, you tip the cap and you say, we need to get better than that team. This is not a good team at all. That Pirate team is trash. From top to bottom, there's some nice youngsters, but they don't do anything that is going to be winning baseball. That team shouldn't have won. Even the guy who slid home 
thought he was out because he thought that, you know, a catcher can catch a goddamn ball <laughs> that's thrown from him from five feet away. And, you know, this is, these are the things that need to be cleaned up. So for Chris Tannehill, I'm Herb Lawrence. Follow us on Twitter. It's at Locked on Socks and on Instagram, too, at the same address. Thank you for joining us. Next time we'll be a little bit happier because the Sox will beat the Pittsburgh Pirates. Have a great night. Don't talk to me tomorrow about what happened, friends. I know I'm going to see you at the health club. I'm putting it down as my fifth guarantee. My four before this have won it. Put it down, Tanny. Thank you for joining us on Locked on Socks.